Hello beautiful people and welcome to Dr. Mom is in the house. My name is Dr. Danielle Hadid and I'm a stay-at-home psychologist mom. I understand the challenges of staying sane and emotionally healthy in today's hectic and demanding world. Nowadays, it's so easy to stay connected with those around us through technology and social media, but often we are most disconnected from ourselves. I'm here to share with you some tried and true counseling and psychological strategies for achieving balance, managing stress, and living towards optimal wellness. My goal with each podcast is to provide you with at least one tool or technique that you can try and apply in your everyday life as you take steps towards achieving balance and living towards your optimal wellness. So, thanks for joining me and let's get to it. I've shared with you all that as a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom, I often feel stressed out and overwhelmed by the load of being the primary caregiver for my children. It's not only about getting all the to-dos done, there's also a mental load that goes along with motherhood. It's about making sure the fridge and cupboards are stocked with the foods that my loved ones like. It's about keeping track of which child needs bigger clothes and shoes and researching where the best sales are so that I can get the most for our money. Like most stay-at-home caregivers, I'm also responsible for balancing the finances for our family. And when we're off by even just a little, I do mental gymnastics to figure it all out. I know you feel me, people. There are days when my husband comes home and he literally tosses me out of the house. Maybe it's the thunderous look on my face that tells him everything he needs to know about what my day was like. In those moments, I am reminded of the insidious impact that stress can have on one's overall life and functioning. Stress seeps into your skin and comes out in all kinds of harmful ways. Now, this may sound extreme, but think for a minute about all the ways that stress affects your life. We're going to spend some time today talking about the various impacts of stress on the self and on overall well-being. This will be the first of a three-part series on how to better cope with stress in your lives. Hopefully, you'll tune in again to hear about the other components that will be covered in this series including a few tried and true techniques for helping you cope more effectively with the stress in your lives. Let's start by talking about what's called the behavioral response to stress and anxiety. The word behavioral in this instance refers to exactly what it sounds like, your behaviors, actions, and the things that you do in response to stress. Take a minute now and think about this question. When you're feeling stressed and anxious, what changes in your behavior do you notice? I'll share with you that when I'm feeling stressed out, I start poring over my schedule, trying to figure out how to fit everything I need to do in. And I usually try to do that by cutting stuff out. I might cancel volunteering at my son's school, which I love to do. I may forego that pedicure appointment so that I can squeeze an extra hour of work in before I go get the kids. Sometimes I choose work over meditating in the morning or taking my afternoon walk when my husband comes home from work. If any of this resonates with you, then it sounds like you might be one of those people who tries to manage stress by subtracting something from your life 
in order to give you more time. You might stop exercising, cut out spending time with friends, you may skip church or stop doing other enjoyable activities, all in an effort to supposedly gain time or reduce the things on your plate. You might also notice more frequent crying spells, maybe that you're yelling at loved ones or losing patience with your kids. Some other worrisome behavioral changes in response to stress might be insomnia or a desire to sleep more, maybe as a means of escaping all that you've got to do. You might see changes in your appetite, eating too much or even too little. Some of these may sound familiar to you or you might notice completely different things that tell you that you're stressed out. Let's pause for a minute or two. Give yourself a beat to think about what might be the behavioral signals that tell you that you are stressed and hitting your limit. Think about the changes you notice in your behavior, actions, and in how you respond to situations. Don't judge yourself for what you do. Simply draw it to mind. It might be a good idea to jot those down so that you don't forget them as we continue. Now let's transition into talking about how stress potentially affects your emotional health and capacity to cope. When stressed and anxious, people begin to suddenly experience and exhibit new and unwanted feelings. You may find yourself feeling angry, sad, frustrated, uncertain, even hopeless. These feelings may become so strong that you might find yourself thinking in uncharacteristic ways about giving up or giving in to thoughts of harming yourself or others. I want to take a moment to say that if you are currently thinking about hurting yourself or someone else, I urge you to call a hotline to get help. Most people don't always know how to deal with these very strong negative feelings and engage in non-effective ways of coping, like binge eating or drinking of alcohol, shopping and overspending, anything that might bring just a short hit of release or happiness. Truth be told, I myself have been known to carry fantasy shopping into the realm of reality by buying things that I don't need, only for better sense to prevail and off I go to return the items. So once again, let's pause for a minute as you think about your emotional response to stress. What emotions come to mind? How you feel as you think about being stressed out will be a good indicator as to your emotional response to stress and anxiety. Again, I encourage you to write down whatever comes to mind without judgment. Lastly, research has shown that stress also impacts us in a very real and physiological way. Whenever I am stressed, my body tells the tale. I experience muscle tension in my neck and shoulders. I often get migraines and occasionally I have major stomach issues. Some other common physical symptoms of stress are muscle tension, headaches, excessive sweating, and facial breakouts. Some people feel physical symptoms such as chest pain, heart palpitations, 
and experience problems breathing. In fact, many people present at the emergency room thinking they are having a heart attack, but these physical symptoms of anxiety mean they are experiencing a panic attack. That being said, I recommend that it's better to be safe than sorry, and if you're experiencing any of these heart-related symptoms, that you get yourself checked out at your local clinic or hospital as quickly as possible. As I mentioned before, we sometimes deal with stress by changing our behavior and cutting out of our lives the things that often help us. But by doing so, we are undermining our capacity to cope with stress and subsequently increasing its physical impact on our bodies. Now might be a good time to think about what your physical stress signals are. Knowing what they are is an excellent step to figuring out what might be the best way to deal with stress as you go forward. For example, if muscle tension is how you manifest stress, then maybe getting monthly massages would be a way to alleviate some of those physical tensions. Or, if you recognize that you are someone who experiences panic attacks, then practicing that deep breathing exercise from my last podcast, or frequently practicing a progressive muscle relaxation exercise, would be techniques to learn and consistently engage in in order to minimize the physiological symptoms of stress. If you're interested in practicing both of these exercises, I encourage you to go to my website, drmomisinthehouse.com, where I have such resources available to download. Being aware of your emotional, physical, and behavioral stress, understanding how stress impacts you, is the first step to effectively dealing with it in the hopes of minimizing overall stress in your life. Now, I know that I'm asking you to focus on the very thing that can impact you and your well-being in a destructive way. So before we go any further, let's practice some deep breathing as a way to cope with any negative feelings that might be coming up for you right now. Take a deep breath in through your nose while silently counting to six in your mind. Hold that breath for a count of six. Then slowly release that breath through your mouth for a count of six. Let's do that together one more time. Breathe in through the nose, two, three, four, five, six, hold, two, three, four, five, six, and release, two, three, four, five, six. Now take a deep breath in, and as that cooling breath fills your lungs, imagine that you are literally breathing in peace. Exhale and imagine yourself blowing out all the stress that you're holding on to. Again, take a deep breath in and imagine a deep sense of calm flowing into your body. Let that breath out and imagine all negativity leaving your body 
so that we can continue our conversation today on a note of greater peace and calm. Feeling a little calmer? Good. Then let's transition into talking about another hopefully helpful approach to tackling stress. It's an exercise that engages you in thinking about what's on your plate. I imagine that even as I say that, some of you might be shouting internally, how does it help me to think about all the things I have to do? Won't that make me more stressed? Possibly, but having a clear picture of what you have going on in your life can help you assess where you are putting your energy and effort will help you identify what your main sources of stress are and determine where you could possibly fit in appropriate stress management strategies. I want to encourage you right now to literally imagine a big round plate. Let's consider what that plate is usually made up of. Nutritionists always encourage us to eat balanced meals. That usually consists of a main dish of some kind, something substantial. There also should be vegetables. And if you got a sweet tooth like me, maybe you throw in some dessert every once in a while. I'm inviting you today to think about your life in this way. What is your plate made up of? What are your main dishes or the most major things in your life? That could be your job taking care of your family or other responsibilities. In reality, our main dish or main responsibilities usually take up the most space on that plate and likewise take up most of our time. Got that main dish in mind? Good. Now, think about what might be your vegetables or the things you have to do. Just like nutritionists and doctors would tell us to eat our veggies because we have to, these are the things we have to do to get by. For example, we all have to take a little time each day to eat to nourish our bodies. We need to spend time sleeping to rest our bodies. We need to pay bills so that we can survive in this world. And we need to allocate time for getting to and from wherever it is that we're going. What I would see time and time again in my therapy practice when I worked with clients is that a life consumed by a main dish of work or taking care of others is not healthy nor sustainable. Likewise, a life so full of vegetables or things that must get done often feels taxing, unenjoyable, and if you're not careful, often precludes doing the things that give back to you. This can result in a life that is out of balance. This lack of balance quickly leads to burnout disenchantment, resentment, and loss of motivation. There needs to be some balance with regards to how you divvy up your time and expend your effort on a daily basis. Speaking of the vegetables of your life or the things you must do, why don't you consider adding some self-care strategies that could help you? A self-care strategy is something that you do as often as possible that nurtures and helps you take care of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and everything in between. Practicing such self-care strategies helps to fill you back up so that you can feel refreshed 
and ready to cope with life and stress more effectively. Building these self-care strategies into your list of must-dos helps ensure that you are actually getting them done, making caring for your wellness and well-being a priority. Now, as a stay-at-home, work-from-home mama, I admit that it's hard in the madness of everything there is to do to sometimes fit time in for myself. And I will tell you honestly that there are days when I do not manage to engage in any self-care strategy. That being said, through practice, I have personally learned that meditating daily is a self-care strategy that works for me. Unlike Deepak Chopra, who meditates for two hours every day, I'm lucky if I can get 10 minutes in. But most days, that's all it takes to help me feel calmer, less reactive and able to approach whatever happens in my life with a more accepting attitude. So for me, the self-care practice of daily meditation has become a vegetable in my life, something I try to do every day, that I do my best to build in time for. This particular vegetable, self-care, looks different for different people. For some, this veggie could be spending a few minutes at the end of everyday journaling. Pouring out your feelings and thoughts on paper could be a useful way for you to dump your day and start over fresh tomorrow. For others, exercise is a veggie. My father is one of those people. His self-care takes the form of daily exercise. If you can believe it, my 70-year-old father participates in a splint class every single day. And when he doesn't, he feels totally off. His exercise routine has become a veggie that is a must in terms of his self-care. So I encourage all of you to think about something, just one thing, that you either actively engage in or could try to do that makes you feel good in an effort to take care of your emotional self and mental well-being. Build something into your day. Put something on your weekend roster that you do to help you manage stress, minimize anxiety, and create emotional well-being in your life. Now, coming back to the idea of figuring out what's on your plate, let's talk about the fun part of life, your desserts. These are the things that add enjoyment to your life. Some of my desserts are quite literally yummy desserts. But I also enjoy getting regular massages and pedicures, grown-up time spent with my husband and girl time with my female friends always helps me to step away from the madness of being a mom and relax for a bit. These opportunities also help me to reconnect with myself. I laugh, I vent, I share with others and I always end up feeling refreshed and ready to face another mommy day. Is there anything that you do that is just for fun, that helps you reconnect with yourself? that brings you pure enjoyment and reminds you about what life is all about. The reality is, we give a lot of our time to the main dish in our life, to the activity or persons we deem most important. And the reality is, there are many vegetables that must be tended to. For some people, after giving time and effort to these, they have no time or energy to do anything else. Well. I am here to tell you that you need some sweetness in your life. You need to make time for some dessert, something enjoyable that makes all the effort that you put into everything else worth it. 
When I was in graduate school, working on my PhD, there were many students around me who felt that in order to successfully complete their doctoral studies, they needed to dedicate themselves completely to their classes and studying, to the exclusion of everything else. I would like to think that I was studying and working just as hard, but I would also take time to go to the movies, as this was my escape. I also met with friends weekly for dinner, and once a month I would sneak off to the beach with my friend Julie, who actually is now a sleep study expert in Atlanta, Georgia. We would pack our cooler with sub sandwiches, fruit and cold drinks. Enjoying those moments helped me stay grounded in what I was doing because those fun times remind us that I was studying so hard for a purpose, to make a good life for myself. Again, I will be real with you guys and admit that on those very stressful days when I've reached my limit at home and my husband encourages me to leave the house to get some me time, I am often reluctant to leave. That mommy guilt kicks in and I feel bad about being away from my family and my responsibilities even though I've given 100% of myself all day long. But then my psychologist's brain kicks in, and I remind myself about exactly what I have shared with you all today. That self-care is critical, and enjoying some desserts is the only way to refill my cup so that I can continue to be the best me possible. I have offered today just a couple self-care practices. And I encourage you to head over to my website, drmomisinthehouse.com, for a list of doable self-care practices that you could consider. For example, committing to taking a walk outside whenever you feel stressed out. Maybe doing some deep breathing whenever you feel overwhelmed. Calling a friend when you need to process negative feelings. But it's more than having a plan for dealing with stress or negative feelings. It's more about an ongoing practice for taking care of yourself, which goes back to that idea of actively engaging in a journey towards overall well-being. Hopefully, what I've shared about today has helped expand your perspective on managing stress with the goal of increasing wellness with some ideas about how to actively engage in achieving overall well-being. I encourage you to think about how you react to stress physically, emotionally, and behaviorally. The what's on your plate exercise can help you figure out where your time and effort and energy are allocated every day. And the breathing exercise we engaged in can help you breathe through any anxiety that rears its head as you process through and plan your self-care strategies. In my next podcast, I will help you develop your own personal stress management plan. So please tune in two Fridays from now for part two of this series. In the meantime, be brave and give all of these practices a try as you go forward into the rest of your day, into tomorrow, and the next day, and the next. Be well, beautiful people, and if you need any additional help and support, be sure to connect with a local counsellor or psychologist. Until next time.